and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure. I am Kim. I'm Amy. And this is the podcast where we give you spoiler-free <sighs> reviews and recommendations for your next read of romance. Essentially, your next romantic read. So, this week, we are talking about one of our all-time favourite absolutely novels by Anne Gracie. It is called The Perfect Rake. Anne Gracie is a very prolific Australian romance novelist. Yeah, and a part of a very fast-growing Australian mm. um, yes. kind of movement. It's a really, it's a really popular export in Australia is it romance is. writing. Yeah. Particularly with the advent of electronic books as yeah, well. Absolutely. It's been growing since that, then. That publishing kind of wall has been removed. We actually started with The Perfect Kiss, which is the last book in this series. We I, read that first. Where did we find that? Like just an op shop or somewhere? somewhere. Yeah, it was just some random grab we thought, for oh, a that holiday. Looks all right. Yeah. And then it was awesome. It was excellent. And so we went back to the beginning and read The Perfect Rake. And it was, was more even excellent. better. <laughs> and then we read the two in between and they were less excellent. But that tends to be sometimes the way of Anne Gracie's four part series is. Um, they, the two in the middle tend to be silly. No, I don't think so. Because if you think about like some of them, the first and the second, like the Chance Sisters one. True. First and the second the third was third book. We've agreed that is the true. third one can sometimes be the weakest. The weakest. Um, yeah, that is true. But overall. Oh, we still read every series that she writes. Yeah. So clearly not a huge barrier. Yeah. We love you, Anne. We Keep do. writing books. Yes, we do. <laughs> uh, I will be in charge of our spoiler-free plot summary. Yeah, I'm banned because apparently I give too many spoilers. You just go into too much detail. Okay. All right, so Kimberly, <laughs> give us the summary. What's what's The Perfect Rake about? Okay, Pitch it so, to me. All right, Perfect Rake is a group of sisters. Doesn't matter how many they are. Calm down. Mm. I can already see Amy is itching to be like, well, actually, there's five of them. Okay. Group of sisters... Um, who are kind of destitute. They're not destitute. They are in an unfortunate situation. Their guardian is violent and horrid, and the eldest sister, who is the one that we marry off... Prudence. Prudence, who we marry off in this book. She needs to save her family. So she decides to write, pretending to be her father. Her grandfather. Grandfather. She pretends to be him and writes to her uncle in London and says, I want you to launch us, my daughters, righty, righty, right. But by no means will they be allowed to have any fun. Yes. Off they go. He takes them on and they escape to London while her grandfather is super sick. So they kind of conspire with the house staff to get out. They go to London and basically that's then the driving force of the book. They have a limited period of time in which to marry one of them off before grandfather gets better and, and notices that they have left. One of the sisters is a diamond of the first water. So the yes, second so she's super eldest. pretty. So the goal is almost, let's get charity married. <laughs> yes, that's it. And that is what Prudence goes out to do. But also because she is like secretly engaged, which you find out at the start, but that's and, a totally different story. And that though means that great uncle Oswald who has very cheerfully taken them in and is just such a delightful character decides and this happens real like in chapter two so it's not a spoiler 
says he's not going to let any of the other girls out on society until Prudence is married. Because Prudence is not as attractive as her sisters. So Charity is gorgeous, and then the two... Hope and Faith. Hope and Faith are also beautiful, and then little Gracie is like five in this book or whatever. And so Uncle Oswald takes one look at Prudence, who is not unfortunate looking by any measure. It's just that her sisters are stunning. And decides that if they launch the other girls at the same time as Prudence, that she won't get married. So he refuses to launch the others until Prudence is engaged. But she... Already is secretly Mm -hmm. engaged. And so she is waiting for this guy that she fell in love with as a teenager to come back from wherever it was he was going to claim her hand. But she can't tell anyone because it was a secret and she promised him and she's like a woman of her word and righty right. Her integrity is kind of... Her, it's um, her driving force. It's her driving force. Yeah. Taking care of her family, integrity. She's prepared to do anything to maintain those two things. So what she ends up doing is there is a Duke of Dinstable yes. who is a recluse. He never comes to town, lives up in the Highlands. You never see him. And she's like, I am secretly engaged to the Duke of Dinstable. To which her uncle is like, oh my God, that's like, you know, frowned upon, ruddy, ruddy, rah. And she's like, look, I don't want to make a big thing out of it. Like, it's fine. Just marry the other girls off and we'll deal with this later. But unfortunately, the society papers report that the Duke of Dinstable has arrived in town. And she (laughs) thinks... Crap. So Uncle Oswald is like, I'm going to go I'm and see go have you. A, yeah, have a chat to him. Yes. engagement he's had behind her back for four years. Oh, yes, and now he needs to marry her because oh. la And so he, Uncle Oswald has that kind of explosion and she runs off again because she's impetuous and strong and headstrong. Runs off to the Duke of Dinstable's house. To try to knock and on the door fill him in. And to ask him weirdly to back her story. <laughs> on a promise that she will say, like, that she won't force him into marriage yeah, at the end she'll of it. say, they'll, they'll come up with a story to break the engagement. Yes. She's there to protect him from a great uncle Oswald. And so what I am going to say is this, and nothing more, and it's going to drive you nuts. Are you ready? Okay. That is the point at which the story gets awesome. Because things, when she turns up at the Duke's house, do not go according to plan. And... Because she's in this massive hurry, she is just highly stressed and also very entertaining and like almost a bit like a steamroller that you can't kind of stop. And so she ends up in a very kind of hilarious, almost comedy of errors situation. Not plot wise, but just it's a comedy of many errors. It is in that farce that she meets the love interest. Whose name is Gideon, which is one of our favourite romantic hero names. We've decided. Such a good name. I would name my child Gideon if my husband would get on board. Yeah, no, he was, he's not keen, which is really, we're both really sad about that. Amy, moving on. Would you recommend The Perfect Rake, obviously, and why? Well, I think it's pretty clear that yes, we absolutely recommend The Perfect Rake. It's... A book that has so much, like there are moments in it that are just ridiculous, laugh out loud, silly, but there are moments in it that do actually like make you cry. And throughout it, I find that it never loses its believability. At no point do the characters lose that sort of central honesty or the central motivation behind them that makes you like fall out of the story. So it's that type of book that you sit and you just got to finish it. I totally agree. You want to be on that journey with the characters uninterrupted for the whole time. Gideon is such a delightful character. So funny. He's so funny. And And again, honest and relatable. You just, you just think he is, he just feels like a real 
Yeah, that's why, you know, you name a child after him. Yeah. Because he's very tangible and real. And Prudence as well, she's also very relatable because she doesn't... Her backstory makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And it really does very clearly link to and have a knock-on effect to the choices she makes and Mm. the things that are centrally important to her and it makes sense what is she, what she's prepared to sacrifice usually her dignity not in any like sort of horrible no, oppressive way usually in a but just in, she's just embarrasses herself constantly because her family comes first because yeah. that's her job is protecting them and i just think that yeah i'm 100 percent with you for me this book is about believability and i buy I it from the start think that and gracie's done really well in the writing of this because there's no information in it or no moments or scenes in this story where you go, that didn't really need to happen. Yeah. Or I didn't need to know that. Or uh, it's a bit of a leap to believe she would do that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is often the case in the third book is there's often... Gypsy magic. Gypsy magic, which is what we call Anne Gracie's um Or any, plot, not just Anne not Gracie, just Anne Gracie. any plot device it was in a born romance out novel. Of, it was born out of an Anne Gracie book, but any the romance novel stranger. that has sort of a crazy thing that is stopping the lovers from being together and then it gets solved miraculously and is no longer an issue and it gets solved usually what we call it gypsy magic where it's like an old gypsy came along and cured someone's head wound or something yeah, and now yeah. he doesn't have to worry about that head wound anymore um this <laughs> no book gypsy magic has in the perfect none. yeah and it's yeah i'm with you i i don't even feel the need to answer that question myself if for me it's believability but the other thing that i really enjoy is that this narrative is distributed almost like once we meet gideon it's distributed between him and prudence almost evenly and yeah. he has his own like he's got a good friend and and they have a really nice dynamic and relationship so the characters are really everybody is likable every single character is likable without except for the ones we are not meant to like oh yeah absolutely but every single character is really really likable without them all needing to be semi carbon cut out Mm. copies of each other yeah it's just really nice and every like it's just a lovely read and one of the things funny I laugh out loud with this book every time I read it I laugh out loud I could just I could just reread the meat cute like just the where he where um, Prudence and Gideon meet for the first time, I can quite happily just reread that scene for funsies before going to sleep because it's hilarious. My favorite is when Gideon goes for the walk in the park with Grace. Oh yeah, that's yeah, great. Little with Grace. Little Grace yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I do also really like about the Perfect Rake is you can see the homage to Frederica Georgette Hines. Yes, which we talked about on a previous episode, and it is I kind of had never made that connection until we talked about Frederica again, and then I was like, wow, this is almost not quite not beat for beat. It's not anything no, quite a, that much of a rip off. It has but those homage elements. It's in definitely it. an homage, isn't it? Because it has a sister with a, a family. Federica's got younger brothers, but that beautiful diamond of the first water sister. But those moments of humour and the believability of the characters are just delightful. And the beautiful part of it too that I really do like is that that when those moments of heartbreak happen, up to that point Gideon has been quite insightful and mm. has really got to know Prudence and the whole family. all of that kind of thing quite quite closely and when those moments of heartbreak happen he knows who she is and what she needs yes. and I always find that like for me that's that's the romance novel attraction do you know what I mean I don't it's that idea that he just really paid attention to who she was and it's just makes me be like oh Gideon you're a delight and he's also not perfect 
Like the oh, title okay. is The Perfect Rake and then there is a wonderful romantic scene later on in the book and he just makes a total mess of it. Absolutely. <laughs> he just... Oh. So, in conclusion, definitely have a read. Great book. The rest of the series is also worth it. There are other Anne Gracie series that are also worth it, notably The Chance Sisters. Will we talk about that series at some point? Potentially, yeah, but certainly I would also recommend that. Yeah. We might not talk about it for a while, so you might want to get out ahead. This one for me is definitely treasure. Oh, absolutely. We've, we've treasured this book for many, many years. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, rainy afternoons. I reread this book the other week when we had that big week of rain and it mm. just was sort of perfect to snuggle up to and go on that journey with the characters in one afternoon with a cup of tea. Does it you hold can... up across multiple readings? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. It does. And it's still a book that I will give my time to, given that A, I've read it before, and B, I have far less time now than I Mm. did before. Which is kind of where this podcast originated from, is the desire to... The desire for a podcast that would cut out some of the chance of time wasting. Because it is quite a flooded market. There are a lot of romance novels. And I've read ones where you look at the cover and you think, wow going to be trash like that's going to be and it's pleasantly surprised and it's you. delightful and i have kept it it still lives on my shelf and i read it and sometimes i will then follow that same author and go wow well this author knows what they're doing and everything else they've written is dreadful we we've consumed a bit more voraciously yes. as younger readers yes. because we were getting a lot of things at the two dollar bin at a news agent yeah or absolutely at the book fest and going look at this ridiculous cover yeah. let's read it this one is called a woman's desire which we might review it's great um, well, it's not, it's Which trash, that but it's great. Uh, with Jean-Luc the Pirate. Oh, the Pirate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I love that book. <laughs> so good. Um, okay, but all of this is irrelevant and might get cut out of the podcast. So, thank you so much for listening again and going on this journey with us. Enjoy reading The Perfect Rake. You will not regret it. You it's will not worth regret it. every minute that you immerse yourself in the story of those Ameridue sisters and the fabulous Gideon. It really is. And yeah. if you manage to successfully name your son Gideon, let um, us know. Please let Kimberly know. Yeah, so at least I know he exists somewhere in the world. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye. And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.